It was my high school graduation summer. My family had decided to do something rarely rare in our family, take a real vacation, one where my father was not preaching a camp meeting or holding a revival and doing some speaking so that my brothers and I were very excited. We didn't have to, like, listen to our father preach and be on vacation at the same time. The trip we'd planned our family for some months because I graduated from high school in the year of the bicentennial celebration in the United States. And so we traveled to the East Coast, to Philadelphia, to D.C., out to Gettysburg, out to a number of the historic places from the history of this nation. And one of the things that I remember vividly was standing in Independence Hall where all the decisions had been made for the signing of the Declaration of Independence. I remember being a little overwhelmed as an 18-year-old kid at the magnitude of what had taken place in that day, the way my life 200 years later was different because of what had happened in that room. As my life progressed, I've had the opportunity to stand in some other places like that, to stand in Parliament in London and, and watch the debate and know that this is the same place that Wilbur Wilberforce, William Wilberforce was able to break through the slavery of the United Kingdom of Britain and see freedom for those who had been enslaved. I've been in the streets of Kochi, India, and understood the, the magnitude of the work of Mahatma Gandhi in that nation. I've traveled literally around the world and seen many places where freedom was fought for, where freedom was given. And yet, every time I come to this particular weekend, every time I come to the place of remembering what it's taken for people to have their freedoms, I, I keep coming back to the fact that nobody's gotten it right yet except one person. I, I keep understanding that in all of the places I've been and all of the the historic places and the understanding of human effort, I, it's always been imperfect. There were imperfect human beings who were making imperfect decisions to establish imperfect nations that, that gave people an imperfect freedom. And even though I'm grateful for, for the freedoms that many of us have in the world, and while my my mindset is one of intense gratitude for those who have fought for and tried diligently to protect the freedoms. It's still the realization. Every human freedom is imperfect. There's only one perfect freedom because it was created by a perfect man, the only perfect man. His name was Jesus. He was from a little town called Nazareth. He lived 2,000 years ago. And he, he gave perfect freedom 
by giving everything he had out of his perfection to cover all the imperfections of all of our imperfect efforts to provide freedom for people. It's because of that that when I start thinking about the stories of the New Testament in general and, and the book of Acts in particular, that I, that I come away on this, this particular holiday weekend in this particular year, in the midst of all the chaos and all the, all the hurt and all the brokenness and all the sickness, with an understanding that the only way we're really going to find freedom, the only way we're really going to have an opportunity is to, is to see the path of the perfect man who gave the opportunity for the perfect freedom in the midst of our imperfection. And so I keep thinking about the story of one of the most imperfect disciples, Peter. Peter and John. John, the beloved disciple. Peter, the, the loudmouth, pop-off fisherman who would, who would say things and then live to regret what he said. And now they're different because of what perfect freedom they'd found in Christ. The story picks up in Acts chapter 3. The early church had been praying, and they had been seeking the face of God, and they had seen thousands of people come to know the perfect freedom of Jesus Christ. And as they did that, they discovered, they discovered that other people wanted that freedom too. And so now they are devoting themselves, setting themselves apart to be a part of the kingdom of God. And in that process, as they're going through the daily prayers, as they're going through the, through the time of being together, of breaking bread and seeking the face of God, now, now they're going to the temple daily for the teaching. And as they're doing it, now Peter and John are headed up into the temple. And God decides to do something to give a freedom that is beyond anything anyone had ever experienced in their lifetime. In that setting, listen. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms from them. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive alms from them. But Peter said, I have no silver, I have no gold, but what I do have? I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And, and leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat 
at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I, I love that story. I love that story because of the sheer awesomeness of what God did for that man through Peter and John, the reliance upon Jesus Christ. You see, Peter and John didn't do this. Just like you and I are never the people who do the great things that happen in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. No, no, it's Jesus who does it. It's in the name of Jesus that Peter brings healing and wholeness to this man. And it required Peter and John to have a recognition, a recognition that quite honestly, I think the 4th of July celebration in the United States, which by the way, you do know that while there is a fourth day of July in other countries, there really aren't the fireworks and the celebrations in other places that there are here. <laughs> Some of you might need to remember that. The reality is the whole world doesn't celebrate our freedom just like the whole world doesn't know the freedom of Christ. But what Peter and John did was they understood that Jesus did come to give freedom. No matter how, no matter how broken, no matter how wounded, no matter how lame a person might be. And and what they did when they showed up in the temple, just going about the business of being devoted to God, was they allowed Jesus Christ to do something in them. And this 4th of July, in 2020, it would be my prayer that, that on this holiday weekend and in the days coming, in the midst of a year that has been nothing like any of us ever expected it to be, we might discover the perfect freedom of God through Jesus Christ being worked out in the imperfect people that we are. But in order to do that, we have to make a discovery. A discovery that, quite honestly, Peter and John had lived to learn. Because what they discovered was that they couldn't give freedom by themselves. They couldn't do anything by them. In fact, they, they had no silver or gold. Did you catch that? I love that part of the story. They had nothing. They recognized they had nothing. What they had was a devotion to Jesus. What they had was a willingness to let Jesus be in charge of their life. Their pockets were empty. And yet there was an opportunity in the emptiness of their pockets to discover what God really wanted to do. And what I would suggest for us on this year of 2020, in this celebration of freedom that perhaps we need to celebrate the fact that we have empty pockets. Empty pockets. Oh, you say, Pastor, I, my, my 401k is fine. The, the stock market has rebounded. The, the economy is turning around. No, 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 no. I'm talking about your, your pockets with the power to do anything to change a life. I'm talking about the pockets that would change your life. See, Peter and John saw a man, a man who his entire life had been lame, where they would later find out he was over 40 years of age. This was not some child. This was not someone who had just been imprisoned by their lameness for a little while. No, no. For four decades, this man had been carried around. For four decades, he had never stood and walked. For four decades, all he could do was beg of other people. And here he is. 
Here he is where he normally is, begging next to the beautiful Kate. Did you catch the irony of that? The broken man is at the beautiful gate. The man who's imperfect, the man who's not, not whole, is at the beautiful gate. And the two disciples of Jesus, the, the, the two who were part of the inner circle, the, the two who had, who had proclaimed the gospel, who had seen the crucifixion, who had stayed with Jesus even after their failure in Peter's life had been restored, now they're walking into the temple for prayer. And they see the man, and they realize they have nothing that he expects. But you see, when they realized that they had nothing, they realized they had everything. Everything he really needed. See, that's the problem. For, for, for many of us, we, we don't know what we really need. We fill our pockets with the wrong things. And what we do when we fill our pockets with the wrong things is we simply weight ourselves down in life. And when we learn that the right things require empty pockets so that Jesus can fill our life, then it changes everything. And what happened that day begins to happen in our life when we begin to value empty pockets. Because you see, empty pockets allow us to trust God's provision. Empty pockets allow us to, to trust the fact that God's going to provide what we need in order to live our life. God's going to provide what others need to live their life. And he's going to provide it through us when our pockets are empty. Peter looks at the man and says, hey, give me your attention. John looks at him and says, hey, give me your attention. The man gives his attention to them, and they make this amazing statement. We don't have any money. We don't have what you expect. But what we do have, we will give to you. And Peter reaches out, very important, his right hand. Reaches out his right hand, which is the symbol of his power. It's the symbol of his trust. It's the symbol of his empowerment of someone else. He reaches with his right hand, and he grabs hold of the lame man's hand. He doesn't do an incantation. He doesn't do anything magical. No, he simply reaches out with his right hand and looks at him and says, here's what I've got. I know Jesus. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. An amazing thing happens. This man, who for 40 years had never walked, for 40 years had never stood upright, now stands upright. Because someone who understood that when their pockets are empty, God fills their pockets with what someone really needs. And God, God changes people's lives. Look at the Scripture again. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. A man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John go to the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter gazed at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to you. 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You see, it wasn't just that Peter and John understood the value of empty pockets and they could trust God's provision in their life and in someone else's life. But it's also that empty pockets allow us to see God move beyond our expectations. It allows us to see God do something beyond our wildest dreams. See, that man, that man was laid at the gate that day just like every other day because he expected the people going into church to be willing to give to him. People going into the temple to give alms to the poor. It was part of their religious obligation as Jewish men and women headed into worship was to give to the poor. And he knew that, and that was how his society had set up for him to be cared for. And so he's there expecting to get silver and gold. Not a lot, not enough to be rich, but to get something. That's why he saw Peter and John. That's why he looked at them and why he expected them to give him what he needed. Here's the beauty of it. He didn't even know what he really needed. He didn't even know what he really needed. He thought he needed silver and gold. He didn't know what he really needed, but Jesus did. And there are some of us who don't even know what we really need. We think we need this thing or that thing, this accomplishment, that accomplishment, this experience or that experience, but what we really need are empty pockets that allow us to trust God because when we do, He moves far beyond our expectations. Look at it. Peter took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. See, when, when you have empty pockets, you get to see what God can do beyond your expectations. I, I told you last Sunday that I had been blown away by, by the way God has provided for our congregation and other congregations as I talk to pastors around the country during the last 90 days when we all went into this with a, with a very tentative, very fearful kind of expectation, and, and yet God has continued to, to use churches and use congregations to make a difference in the world in spite of the chaos, in spite of the heartache, in spite of the brokenness, in spite of all the stuff happening. Time after time after time, we keep finding places where God is at work, where He moves beyond our expectations. And last week I told you that some of the things we've been able to do, and one of them was that we were able to send money to help some other places around the world, not just here. One of those places, I can't tell you the name because, quite honestly, their, their national government does not allow aid to come in from anywhere outside their nation. But I have a friend, a friend who's a leader of a church, actually over a hundred churches in that in that land. And you've met my friend. He's been here and been a part of our congregational worship in the past. 
And during the last 90 days, he contacted me and said, hey, Pastor Kerry, I just, I, I, well, there's something, I don't know if Eastside could help. I don't know what we could do, but, but here's a need that, that's that the right, it's got to be met now. It's got to be done by June 30th. And if it's done by June 30th, then it's, it'll take place. But, but we don't, if it doesn't, we don't know if it'll ever take place. It's a window of opportunity. Is there any chance, any chance that Eastside could help? And, and when I looked at the need and I saw the way God had blessed here, I was like, yeah, just tell me how. And through your blessing of your resources in this place, we, we were able in the appropriate channels to get funds to them for a, a group of people who who are in a small village, who've been gathering in homes and they've outgrown all the homes and, and, and they've had their eye on a place where they could gather together and, and, and quite honestly, for less money than the average person in Anderson makes in a month, they could buy the land they needed. And so we got the money to them. I got a text on July 1. Pastor Kerry, I just want to let you know that the land was closed on yesterday, June 30th. And there are a group of people who are praising God because God has provided for them beyond their wildest expectations. They've been praying for 12 years. And God just answered prayer in the middle of a pandemic. In empty pockets, allow us to trust God. In empty pockets, allow us to see God do more than we could ever imagine. And, and empty pockets, allow us to experience the joy of wholeness. These, this next phrase in Acts chapter 3, is one of my favorites in all of Scripture. Look, and leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. The reason that's so exciting to me is because that word leaping, that's translated leaping in the Greek, it's only used one time in the Greek translation of the Old Testament in the Septuagint. It's in Isaiah chapter 35, verse 6. And in the midst of a, of a messianic prophecy, in the midst of a, of a promise of God being at work where God is going to let people who can't speak speak and people who can't see see, the, 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 Isaiah uses this word, this same word for leaping. It's the only other place it's found in the Old Testament or the New Testament. It's used there to let people know that when God moves, when God heals, when God restores, when God puts back together, that there is a joy that comes from the wholeness. I know our world is fragmented. I know our world is broken. I know the pain runs deep and the systems are broken. And I know that there's much work to do. But my friends, what I'm longing for, what I'm leading for, what I'm living for is the day when we value empty pockets enough to trust God to make provision in our life and in our world. Even though our imperfect attempts at freedom never work, His perfect gift of freedom 
restores us and takes joints that have never walked, brokenness that is deep, and He causes joy out of the wholeness. Can you not imagine? Can you not dream with me of what the world could look like five years from now when we look back on this world, this day, this time, this brokenness, and say, that is what God used to restore wholeness to the world. That is what God used to bring wholeness into my life. That is what God used to go beyond my expectations of what it would be to be a follower of Jesus so that you and I could leap and walk and praise God. Because you see, empty pockets allow us to be amazed at the power of God at work in the world. Empty pockets allow us to be amazed at what God can do with all of our imperfection. The people who saw this man walking and leaping and praising God recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. My friends, I honestly believe with all of my heart that God is at work right now in all the empty pockets of the world. That God is at work right now in all the places of desperation, in all the places of brokenness, in all the places of woundedness. That God has the power, if we will value our empty pockets, to be able to bring healing and wholeness He is able to restore what we've never even seen whole and to make it the way He desired it to be. And I believe that that's for your life. I believe that's an individual thing for us, for all of us in this room and all of us online. I also believe it's for all the people of the entire world that God wants to do that for us.